Happy birthday. Okay, happy birthday. Today, as we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, we celebrate the birthday of the church. It is truly from the Holy Spirit we receive everything. It is the Holy Spirit that reveals Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that unites us to Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit that makes us God's beloved sons and daughters and gives us hope for eternal life. The Holy Spirit truly is the Lord, the giver of life. He is love itself. As we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's important for us to remember that life in Christ is no different from life in the Holy Spirit. They're the same thing. To live as disciples of Christ means to live according to the Spirit, or as St. Paul says, walking according to the Spirit. After all, it is the Spirit of Jesus living in us who makes us holy and enables us to love our neighbor and to go out on mission. Therefore, it's important for us to recognize that there cannot be a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And our devotion to God, the Holy Spirit, is not to be relativized among other devotions. In other words, it, it, it's not an optional spirituality to be devoted to the Holy Spirit. This is part of our understanding, our heritage as a church. And, and therefore, we recognize that it's the Holy Spirit that is at the foundation of all other spiritualities. It, it, it's what makes other spiritualities possible. The Holy Spirit is so powerful that it transforms us into living as supernatural beings capable of mediating God's love into this world. I've personally seen so many people touched and transformed by the Holy Spirit. And one time I was praying, uh, this was actually early in my priesthood, and I was, I was praying and the Lord said to me, as Jesus said to me, it is your task to, it is your role to unite people to my Holy Spirit, and he will do the rest. It's not primarily about our effort, it's about his effort inside of us. And so if the Holy Spirit is the love of God, and if it is by the Holy Spirit that we were able to live the life of Christ, it makes sense, therefore, why the enemy does not want us to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about two primary ways that the enemy takes us away from surrendering to the life of God and the Spirit. The first way is that he creates in us doubts about the goodness of God. He causes us to believe that God is not a good father. He causes us to believe that God is not trustworthy, that if we were somehow to surrender our life to him, something bad would happen. It causes us to believe, the enemy causes us to believe that he's not really for us, he's actually against us. And he's going to take something from us. That if we give our hearts to him, we're going to lose something of ourselves. And therefore he, he tells us that we can't trust him. One of the things that's very important for us to realize is that if God really is like that, if he really isn't a good God, if he's not really for us, if he's not really merciful and he's present to us, why would we trust him? And this is very much the view of the world. The world doesn't believe God is good. They don't believe that God is worth having a relationship with him. That's why they don't have one. In other words, many people who don't know Jesus believe that God is not a good God. And that's why we as Christians who have the truth about who God is have a responsibility to those who don't believe. But even in our own hearts, we who are in this church can sometimes struggle with whether or not God is for us. And that's because the enemy has been lying to us about who God is. 
If we want to know who God is and how good he is, all we need to do is look at the person of Jesus, which is why continually we remind ourselves as Christians and we proclaim the scriptures, which is that revelation of God and, and how he communicates himself to us because it confirms to us that he is trustworthy. So the first thing that the, the enemy does, he wants us to doubt God. And when we doubt the goodness of God, we hold our hearts back. The second thing that the enemy does is he gets us, he distracts us by getting us to focus on ourselves in such a way that we miss God completely. One of the things that I love about football is that it's a lot about strategy. And sometimes in a football game, there are fake handoffs, handoffs, fake passes, right? Different things where you begin to think the ball is in one place, but really the runner is down the field already. And that's what I believe the enemy does to us at times. He tries to get us to think that happiness is about getting more money, getting more resources, more pleasure, more popularity, more prestige, more leisure, more good vacations and houses. He gets us to think that that's what it's really all about. That's the main thing in life. And when we go and we, we go in that direction, he's already down the field scoring on us. We've already lost. The truth is, is that the enemy does not want us to focus on the one thing that can make us happy, the one thing that, that can fulfill us, and that is the love of God being poured out into our life. The love of God which gives meaning, which gives purpose, which enables us, us to have peace in the worst of circumstances. This is the love that God pours out to us, and the enemy wants us not to focus on it at all. And much of the world is in a frenzy about trying to be happy and full and to have a full life without God. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals to us the goodness of God. He's the one that tells us and shows us that he's trustworthy, that he's true, he's faithful. You see, it is the Holy Spirit who changes our hearts and gives us new desires that enables us to live a fullness of life, to live in a joy that the world cannot give, a peace that the world cannot give. This is what the Holy Spirit can do. Last night we had about three to 400 people come to our, our parish a prayer service asking for more of the Holy Spirit. In a certain sense, the parish returned to the upper room and was asking the Father to pour out his love once more so that we could be deeply convinced about the reality of Jesus and his resurrection and we can live as God's beloved sons and daughters. And we witnessed God change people's lives. And people experience prayer in ways they've never experienced before. So whether or not you were there, the, the invitation is the same. That as we celebrate Pentecost, to really ask God to fill our hearts, to fill our lives with more of him, so that we know that God is a good God, and so that we don't get distracted and lose the point of life, so that we don't risk losing everything by trying to live in a frenzy, looking for satisfaction and fulfillment in a world that's passing away. Let's ask God to pour out his Holy Spirit once more so that we could live as disciples of Jesus, not just to love him in this world, but to love him in the next.